Welcome to the Menlo Midweek Podcast, where we are getting some extra time with the speaker from last Sunday's message to go a little deeper, get some extra thoughts about the message, and get a behind-the-scenes look at their teaching process. We're your hosts, Mark and Jess. Thank you so much for joining us. This is Menlo Midweek. Welcome to a special episode of the Menlo Midweek Podcast, everybody. My name is Mark, and we have Phil with us today. I know. I'm sitting in Jessica's seat. That feels... Uh, thanks for letting me sit in your seat, I almost Jessica. called you, good. I, I didn't. You, I didn't ask you, but thank you in advance. I will be very kind to it. <laughs> and we also have Josh Robertson here, friend of the show. And you've been on the Midweek Podcast once or twice, right? I have. I didn't think I was going to be invited back after the last one. Well, we had to make an exception for this time, but perfect. And I'm, I'm on a giant couch all by myself. Yeah. You and are. It feels very uncomfortable. Really, I'm here as supervision for Josh. I feel like mostly. Yeah. Yep. He's my filter. Oh, filter. I get it. Nice. Oh, that was unintentional. Good work. <laughs> the moment is, uh, yeah, yeah. the second or two recognition yeah. later was just yeah. perfect almost for me. Almost as good as fill in the blank. Almost. Yeah. Almost, almost. Almost. Well, we are inviting all of our listeners here today, that means you, into a special just family time that we're having. Uh, we announced a couple of weeks ago that Menlo is going through some high-level strategic changes. And for those that might be hearing this for the first time, we're gonna spend a little bit of our time together now going through what those changes are and what they mean. Um, but also for those that might have questions, we're hoping to just have a, a more long-form conversation about what we're doing, why we're doing it, and why it is an exciting and a fun way to start this new campus that we have. So Josh, what are we doing and why are we doing it? It's a great question. Thank you. Uh, this podcast is five hours long, right? Yes. Wonderful. Uh, yeah, we are in kind of the middle of the process of merging two of our Menlo campuses, our Saratoga campus and our San Jose campus. And this Sunday, the 12th, will be our last services at both of those campuses. And then we launch next week on the 19th with uh, what we're calling our new Saratoga campus. And we've been talking about this now for the last four, five, six weeks. Something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so that's that's kind of like the, the high level. There's this, that we made this decision. We're gonna, now, mm-hmm. all that that entails and all the steps necessary to get there. And we're, we're kind of at that point now where we're still, we're, we're kind of grieving loss a little bit, but we're also really excited for what's next. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. Is that? Is that of course. Cool. And Phil, you've spent... You've touched on this um, in your message about two weeks ago or so, painting a little bit more of a picture of why this might be a change that we're making. Uh, Would you mind repeating yourself for those that might have missed it? Certainly, yeah. I think that coming to Menlo, for me, part of that experience was working with uh, a organization called Unstuck. That's a consulting group. Tony Morgan uh, runs that. and So Tony and his associate, Amy, they worked with Menlo for several months before I was even in the conversation. And then I was able to sit with them uh, with their last on-site stuff. And there were several recommendations that we're in the process of moving through right now. Uh, and one of those recommendations was addressing sort of a disconnect as it related to San Jose and Saratoga as campuses in our kind of model of ministry. Uh, I think, you know, if you only listen online, maybe, or you attend a campus and to you, Menlo is just that campus that you attend. Really, the goal is that we do multi-site ministry so that the sites themselves can be freed up to have greater impact and greater contextualization where they are than if we just had a single large 
um, kind of, you know, I came from a church in Colorado that was like a large kind of mega model um, single site location. And there are great things about that. But especially in the Bay Area, I believe that the campus experience of Menlo really lets us make a difference in the neighborhoods and communities that we're in. Mm. But, and I'll let Josh speak to this more, I think that because we were in a tough spot financially, because those two campuses had just not come back as strong for several reasons, they were understaffed. Um, they were really asking a single service experience at both locations to sort of make it all happen. And it was, uh, it was clear that there was some support that was going to be needed to change that. It, both campuses were growing. Both campuses were making a difference in their communities. We were tremendously thankful for that, but we knew it wasn't sustainable. And so a lot of this is just how do we help that growth to be healthy and sustainable? And that hope of multi-campus really taking the weight off of local campuses to make a greater impact where they are. We're praying that that's exactly what uh, will happen at Saratoga. So J Josh, do you want to speak at all? I mean, you lived this. So when mm -hmm. you think about how this worked in San Jose and this idea of, hey, we all came back from the pandemic and sort of reopened in-person gatherings and all that stuff. Uh, talk about what the weight of that was uh, and maybe what kind of brought some peace in your heart to the need for a change like this. Yeah. So uh, this is the second multi-site church that my family and I, that we've been able to serve at and be a part of. And the multi-site church, when it's firing on all cylinders in that model, you, you centrally, like essentially there's people uh, who work to impact all campuses. So people who are on central teams that develop resources or work with all campuses, um, they are really empowered to create resources that can be multiplied at any campus in any context so that disciples are made. So that's kind of in a perfect world. Um, that's what a central role looks like. And then what that allows is on the campus level, it allows campus teams to be highly relational and hardcore doers. So they could take these pathways that Central creates and they can implement them, but they have a lot of time and leverage and resource to partner with people to make disciples. Um, so in a perfect world, that's kind of what it looks like. It's essentially you're developing resources that could be multiplied no matter where your location is. And then you have campus teams who are just thinking people, people, people. How do we make disciples? How do we implement these things? How do we recruit, develop volunteers? How do we do pastoral shepherding? Um, so that's kind of like a perfect world. When we came back from the pandemic, like most churches across the country, we had a decrease in our attendance, much smaller campuses. Um, and so we felt some of the tensions of that model where some of the resources that were being developed centrally just didn't kind of carry over to our new size at these two campuses. So we had to create resources and things that worked at our newest campus because we didn't have enough people for a group or like student ministries is a great example. Uh, some of the games or some of the content just didn't carry over to the amount of students that were in that group. Mm -hmm. So there were just tensions of now we were kind of doing double duty on these smaller campuses because resources didn't translate to the new realities of Saratoga and San Jose. And what we discovered was a lot of our volunteers saw the gaps and they would take on more. So we had a lot of volunteers who were now serving on two, three, four different teams and trying to fill in the gaps so we could kind of help fill the voids of our model. And our, some of our rockstar volunteers were now getting burnt out because they're just doing so much. Same for our staff. Our staff is now taking content resources, adjusting it to our new reality while trying to focus on people. 
And I would just say the tension that we really felt specifically at our San Jose campus, because that's where I've been the last three years, is just seemed like we were turning our wheels constantly and having to evolve and shift. And we felt some of the tensions that maybe other campuses didn't feel. Um, and some of our, our volunteers, we were just leaning in too heavily. So the beauty of the multi-site model, we were not leaning into effectively because of how we came back from the pandemic. Yeah, and I think that trying to navigate what it looks like, especially if you're not in the Bay Area, quote unquote, coming back from the pandemic is a big moving target. You know, in Colorado, I would say coming here from Colorado felt like I was going back in time about a year in terms of just like social uh, movement of how people were experiencing life. And when you go out in public, how are people relating to each other? And then certainly how people are sort of coming back uh, to church on the other side of it. And in California, there's this like really weird part of it where a whole bunch of people left California <laughs> during COVID. Mm -hmm. And so the congregation that is coming back is not just uh, in nearly every case smaller, it's also different. And so pastoring and caring for that congregation, recognizing that they are different, I think is part of the challenge for any church. So. And hearing that, I could, I could see questions being asked of, is it just a numbers thing? If we could have just got more people there, would, have, would it have stayed? Uh, have you been asked similar questions or? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I would say it's just a stewardship thing. Hmm. Like at the end of the day, uh, as a campus pastor, the conversation I'm asking is, are we being a wise steward with our facilities? Are, being, are we being a wise steward with our staff's time and talent? Are we being a wise steward with the volunteers that God has entrusted us with? Are we being a wise steward with the ministries that we're doing? And we just felt the tensions of, I think we just can't do the things we feel called to do well in this season. And to actually bring these two campuses together would alleviate a lot of the tensions that we were feeling. And I think tensions is a weird word I keep using. I kind of want to take that back. But I would say um, we just weren't, we weren't doing ministry as effectively as we felt called to do. Mm. And even if we got way more people, I think it would take time. Um, but I think we would burn out some of our best people in the process. I think it would actually hurt us more in the process. And um, so I, I think it was down to a stewardship thing. Mm -hmm. Are we being faithful with the things that God is entrusting us with? Yeah. So you see this as kind of a necessary change that needs to happen. Yeah. And I would say, uh, even before I knew that I was going to go to Saratoga and, and kind of take on this role as the new campus pastor at New Saratoga, from the San Jose perspective, we're, it's, like, it's the place where we're losing kind of that campus. It's where we're closing those doors. Removing myself and like my role, it was the right call. Like mm -hmm. it just 100% is the right decision because this is the way that we're going to carry out our mission as a church most effectively, which is to help people find and follow Jesus. Um, and I can say that removing my role, my title, putting it to the side, it's, it's the right decision. And I also think when we talk about time horizon and what was it going to take for these campuses to grow, there were a couple implications for San Jose. This is the nerdy part. So you can skip forward with that little like plus 30 seconds if you, if you want. But uh, the San Jose campus, if you've never been to it, uh, Menlo did a great job uh, retrofitting an old movie theater, but it's rental space for us. And so there were a couple implications of that. One, we didn't have as much flexibility in some of what we were doing. So the main 
auditorium space was a room with about 400 seats in it. And so when you don't have a significant critical mass, and so after COVID, uh, we watched Sar Saratoga and San Jose both go down to single service experiences. That is really hard. It's hard to support that. There really isn't even the, the level of kids' classrooms necessary to support that size of auditorium. And so if you think, well, could you have just given it a few more years? Well, on, on the one hand, maybe, but I, I think it was going to, that model was going to break anyway, just because of the physical facility. And as admirable as the retrofit was, there were going to be some limitations to that. In addition, as a rental space or a lease space, we were told when we signed our most recent five-year lease that it was unlikely that we would get to the five years of it because the developer who owns it had planned on uh, developing that area. And as a matter of fact, the moment that we said, hey, it's time for us to go, uh, they've already publicized that they're planning on tearing down that building yep. and, and putting in housing. So we knew that. And when you're looking at it and going, hey, it's just going to take time. And oh, by the way, you don't have time. That was really hard. And when we were looking at where are we going to address these two campuses right now, and then we looked at Saratoga, incredibly well positioned strategically across the street from Saratoga High School, uh, a campus that could use some love and investment, but had been stewarded incredibly well. We own it as a church. There were just things, even uh, from a stewardship perspective, to your point, Josh, that made that decision the right one. So the question of if we just gotten more people, would this be okay? This was eventually going to need to be a conversation no matter what happened. We just had a proactive, strategic conversation to make the decision now rather than waiting for the decision to be made for us circumstantially. Well, and even if we made the decision to stay at San Jose to carry out this lease, let's say two, three years, I, there's really no delicate way of saying this, but do you want to invest into the community and form relationships with businesses and neighbors knowing that we won't always be there? So that's kind of hard because it's, do you want to invest time and energy, uh, which relationships are hard. So to get to know the businesses in the surrounding areas, knowing that we won't always be there, um, or would we rather go to where we know God is calling us to now and have more time to invest into Saratoga High School and those businesses and those neighbors and that community? So I, I think it's really hard to invest into a certain area when you know that there's an end date. Right. Well, and um, I think that's a a hard lesson that Menlo has had to live through over the past few years. If you've been around Menlo for a little while, you know that South City was a campus heading into COVID that because of the vulnerability of that lease, we had to step out of that campus. And I think as we consider what multi-campus looks like, and even down the road, by God's grace, launching campuses again, I think this idea of how do we have proactive strategic foresight to get into uh, locations that we know we're sort of controlling our own destiny. We can be there for a while. Uh, I think that is a tough lesson because if you're not from this area, getting real estate is really, really hard. And yeah. so uh, even now praying, hey God, if, if you want us to be in San Jose and on the other side of uh, what I believe is going to be re some really incredible dynamic growing ministry in Saratoga, uh, the work that's already happening up in San Mateo, we're going to need, Lord, we're going to need you to open doors uh, to actual physical locations in South City and San Jose and beyond. So I think that's been a, a really tough lesson that we should just say out loud. Yeah. And you mentioned earlier, Phil, that you came from a large single site church in Colorado. 
coming to a multi-site church, what opportunities does multi-site bring and why should we continue to lean into this multi-site model? Yeah, so the way that I describe it to folks, we were in the process, we had done uh, quite a bit of work with a consultant to build out a multi-site playbook in Colorado. And then uh, we were literally like right on the cusp of taking a step into multi-site right before COVID. And I'm very glad we waited. Um, but the parallels for me, I talk about, it feels like I took Spanish in school and then coming to Menlo is like moving to Mexico. Like I'm, <laughs> like I know some of these words, but I've never been in this culture. And so I always try to be honest about the ignorance that I have to it. And um, there's lots of great experts at Menlo that have lived this. Scott Palmbush, shout out, mm -hmm. friend of the show. Uh, he, like <laughs> this, is, this is his baby. He would have lots to say uh around hey this is the heart of really in the origin story of menlo multi-site why we function this way i think for me having experienced large single site to multi-site the thing that feels so cool and special about it to me is especially in the bay area large single site churches are weird they're they're weird they are and if if you're in a community with a bunch of church people the weirdness of it, they sort of like put aside and they're like, I kind of like this. And I did grad school in Texas and all that. So like I've been in places where kind of six flags over Jesus is normal and people just sort of, that's just a pill they're willing to swallow. In the Bay Area, if your goal is for people to find and follow Jesus that don't already know Jesus, large single site churches are really strange and confusing for them. And so to be able to bring thoughtful teaching about Jesus compelling environments and programs for people to find and follow Jesus, and to be able to do it in smaller expressions that are locally placed with staff and volunteer teams that live and lead in those communities. To me, it's kind of the best of both worlds. You get medium-sized churches with the horsepower of a large church. And um, I think when we talk about what does it mean to be for the Bay, each campus can speak into, hey, this is what it means to be for the Bay in our area. If we think about how do we help people explore faith, that question is going to be a few degrees different in Saratoga than it's going to be in San Mateo. And giving those campus pastors the opportunity to adjust and inflect for what the needs are, and then figuring out, hey, what is the broader kind of top level sort of irreducible minimum uh, that we go to be Menlo means, insert this, and then letting campuses have freedom of expression beyond that, sort of the what's what's in the sandbox um and and what do you get to do beyond it i think one of the other amazing values of the multi-site church is i think single site church if you're say a kids pastor you're kind of on a lonely island unless you go find resources and other people that can partner with you and help but internally as a multi-site church as a campus pastor if if i'm needing wisdom advice counsel um there's several other campus pastors under the umbrella of Menlo Church I can go and lean into. And so we have a built-in system where we have people who are our peers doing the same exact job we are spread throughout the peninsula that we can lean into and say, hey, what's working? Like, what are the tensions you feel? Like, what are the roadblocks as you kind of carry this out in your context? Um, so you have people above you, you have people below you, but you also have in the multi-site people who are on the same kind of pathway as you doing the same thing you're doing that you can lean into and say, help. And I think that's one of the greatest resources I have felt in the multi-site is I can call Matt Stefan at San Mateo and just say, hey man, you're way smarter than I am. What's working? And it's 
you just have built-in resources at your disposal, which are phenomenal as I continue to grow into this role. Yeah. Well, and all of our campus pastors and teams, they bring different skill sets. So you're able, when we think about kind of body of Christ, what does it look like for us to all work together? Same role, different personality profile. I think you get a, a much healthier expression of that. So, and you know, I, I think that they're like, I, I loved our church in Colorado. I think it's making a tremendous difference. I think just recognizing what is your context and what does your context need? And I think there's a reason that those like large single site mega models don't really exist in the Bay Area. Uh, I think some of that is, is availability of real estate, but I think some of it is just there's a level of inherent suspicion to faith and church uh, that I think a uh, really large single site would add to, not remove. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Earlier, Josh, something I appreciate most about you is how caring you are with everyone around you, especially with your team and especially with your campus. Mm-hmm. And you talked about you know, the foresight of being two years down the road and how it might not feel responsible to invest for the next two years relationally and then you know, have to be removed from that. What other emotions have you been feeling at, at, you know, during this transition? We've talked a lot about high-level strategy and, and the reason why, but going a step you know, beneath that, there are people involved here and there are communities that are you know, being shaken up by this. And so how have you been processing that and how have you been leading through it? Yeah, I mean, for me personally, I think it it just it kind of depends on what campus I'm working out of <laughs> that day. Because right now, I'm still leading as we um, kind of close San Jose, and then in the afternoons I'm at New Saratoga. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'll come home, and my wife is like, "What campus were you working at last?" Because she wants to know, like, are you sitting in the grief of San Jose a little bit, or are you at Saratoga with a sense of excitement mm-hmm. going forward? And and those are both the appropriate emotions for both of those places. Um, and yeah, it really just depends on who, where I'm at. Cause at San Jose, I think there's, there's emotions of loss where we're losing a facility in a location where, um, even before Menlo San Jose, it was Cornerstone Community Church and many of the people, which was also emerged back in 1993. And so there are people who for the last 30 years have built classrooms, installed that light fixture, done ministry in that space. And so they're not they're not losing their church. They're losing a place that is, is really kind of holy ground for them and their families. So there's a loss of location. There's a loss of space that carries significant spiritual milestones in them and their families' lives. And there's people who are also losing beloved staff members that have invested into their lives. And so we have three of our San Jose staff who are um, going to be transitioning off of our staff to into different seasons of ministry like retirement or into their their businesses that they've had this entire time so san jose there's a a significant sense of loss and there's also a sense of excitement for all of the things that we've already talked about like people have seen and felt the tension of um kind of our multi-site model at san jose being out of sync and they've seen us spinning our wheels to try and get back to um, what they've experienced kind of pre-pandemic so it's all over the place, um, rightfully so. Um, there's loss, there's grief, and there's a sense of excitement to, to kind of get to a place where ministry is a little bit easier. I don't know if you can say that in the same sentence, ministry being easy, that sounds mm-hmm. um, weird, but we're just, it comes a little bit more natural. So I would say that's San Jose. And then when I'm officing at Saratoga right now, there's a sense of excitement 
there's a sense of you're seeing things kind of change with facilities. You're seeing some things change as far as some new opportunities for discipleship pathways that are already people are hearing whispers of. And there's a sense of loss too, because there's two people transitioning off staff there, but they're not losing their location. And so it's a little bit different. So in many ways at Saratoga, it feels like not much is changing for us, but it, it is. I think as we get closer to it, there's a sense in the, that church family, like there is loss and um, there is excitement. So I'd say similar e- emotions of loss, excitement, grief, but for different reasons. Mm-hmm. And, and I feel all that, right? Because mm-hmm. I'm kind of leading both of those teams and I'm, I'm at both of those campuses. And um, those are all the right emotions for this season. Everyone should feel all of those things. And the church family feels those as well. Um, we all need to process in whatever way we need to process and we need to at some point in time get excited for what god's doing next but all the emotions all appropriate all necessary mm-hmm. and there are a staff especially but also the people and the volunteers that you have in your community i mean they've this has to be weighing on them heavily as well with all of the uh, all of the emotions that you've expressed already. So we have a couple things coming up at your campus. Um, we have a service this week, and then we also have something midweek next week. Correct? We do on Friday the seventeenth. Okay. Um, yeah. So this, like I was saying, this Sunday the twelfth, Saratoga and San Jose are both having kind of what we would call celebration services, honoring and celebrating what God has done through those teams and through those locations the last X amount of years, depending on the campus. And we're really wanting that to just be a time where our church family comes together and feels all of the emotions that they need to feel, whatever that means. And we have some fun things planned um, that I don't want to spoil. But the next week is really where we're trying to help our staff and our congregations turn the corner where now we're excited for what God is doing next. So something we're doing on the 17th, so that Friday the 17th at New Saratoga is inviting our staff and not just our Saratoga and San Jose church families, but our entire Menlo community to come to a vision worship and prayer night where we are going to be worshiping together as a church family. We're going to be praying for uh, not just our physical new location, but also Saratoga High School, the communities that God has placed us in, really trying to uh, lean into, God, what might you have for us in this community? So that's Friday the 17th at 7 p.m. Phil will be there. You're making an appearance, right? That is correct. Are you going to be wearing that jacket? Uh, I don't know. We'll see. I hope you do. Yeah. I'll be wearing this cowboy <laughs> Please sweatshirt. Please don't wear that cowboy sweatshirt. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that's the 17th. want to bring people together, you know? The Cowboys have always brought people together. Disagree strongly. We can edit this out, right? <laughs> sure. Perfect. I'm leave it in. Let's keep it in. You're I welcome. feel if, if we say the Dallas Cowboys, the listeners are just going to skyrocket. Mm-hmm. It'll be great. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the 19th is actually our first service at New Saratoga, and we're going to be launching with two services, 9 and 1030, which is overnight going to alleviate some of those tensions that we felt uh, where we have one service at both of those campuses. A lot mm-hmm. of people were at able to serve, but they couldn't attend. So we'll have 9 a.m. and 10.30 services, and uh, we're ready. It's going to be awesome. And when we say New Saratoga, just so that we're all clear on this, it's not a New Saratoga location, correct? Great question. Yeah. It is, and it isn't. Okay. <laughs> Let's talk about <laughs> that. that a good I'll let setup, you explain Josh? that one. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it is in the physical location of our current Saratoga campus. Uh, however, there, for lots of reasons, there were kind of enhancements and investments. This is exactly the stewardship stuff that Josh was just talking about. 
because we had both of these campuses and both of them needed stuff and we had limited resources to do it, we were kind of not just dividing our time, dividing our staffing efforts, but also dividing our financial investment into those campuses. And so we took this opportunity to do a couple things. One is sort of the like physical improvement stuff just to the campus. And I'll let Josh speak to that in just a second, but they're significant and they're going to be great. And then the other side of it is uh, that when we talk about how, what is the same at every campus, a big part of how people experience Menlo Church is a service, is a period of time on a Sunday morning where you show up and you experience music, a hosted service, hopefully a call to greater community and involvement, being needed and known, and a message where we uh, dig into the Bible together. And uh, while some of those components were the same, the look and feel between, between locations uh, at times can be pretty different at Menlo because what's called the production environment or AVL, audio, video, and lighting, is pretty significantly different uh, between campuses. And so we're sort of treating uh, Saratoga in this new Saratoga uh, conversation as a concept site to say, when we think about hospitality, kids check-in, children's classrooms, uh, AVL in the auditorium, how do we think about those things as we think that this is probably the right type of thing for all of our campuses, but let's experiment and try it at Saratoga and then learn from that. And then we start to roll it out. So uh, I will have a meeting in 21 minutes uh, with a team that's going to help us on the audio video lighting side uh, to bring Saratoga to a spot that can be consistent across all of our campuses if we decided to, to, to have it be that. And I'll, I won't go into all the details. Uh, our, our hope, you can pray for us, is that we would have most of that rolled out for Easter. Um, some of that may be beyond our control, but it'll at least be on the path to that. Uh, and I think it will be just a really uh, excellent, uh, excellent way for us to start thinking and experiencing Menlo Church as one church in many locations in a way that right now, if you've been to multiple Menlo Church campuses, it can be a little bit more confusing. So uh, it is at the current Saratoga campus location, but after these improvements, it really will feel like a new Saratoga campus location. Have I said that correctly? Yep. It's wonderful. Perfect. What are some of the things beyond like AVL that you want to tell people about? Yeah, so I would say, um, this is just completely making this whole thing about me, but I would say the Lord has really been stirring this campus and this location in the hearts of the Robertson family for some time. So our daughter went to preschool at this campus years ago, so we were very familiar with it. And even when we moved several years ago, we felt called to live in Saratoga. Um, so we're very familiar with this community. And so my, my family, on a personal level, is really excited about this church family in this location and being a part of it. Um, I really care a lot about spaces. Like my, my team, my current team always teases me because I'll walk in a room and they're like, Josh, what are you saying? Because I think spaces communicate purpose. So if you walk in a restroom, you know what the purpose is, right? That was a terrible joke. No one laughed. Wonderful. Um, but if you walk into a room, you just, it, it's clear, okay, this is why this room exists. And I, I think there's some spaces on our, on our new Saratoga campus that the space is not clear. And so I think there's some ways that we can leverage this beautiful location so that the spaces and their purposes are clear. So whether you've been attending that campus for 30 years or whether you're a first-time guest, you walk on campus and you go, 
this space is intentional and it's clear and it's purposeful. Um, and a lot of it is also taking our current space and preparing not for our current reality, but for what God might want to do. So when we are actively serving Saratoga High School and people who are attending Saratoga High School start to call Menlo Saratoga home, how are we preparing for them now? And so a lot of the improvements in our campuses uh, at this campus is to prepare for what we feel God has for this place. And a lot of that is opening up more kids' classrooms. And so we, um, we're kind of creating a whole designated kids' wing right now, Menlo Kids' Wing, where we're going to need four, five, six classrooms because of the amount of kids that we're going to have overnight with the merging of these campuses. So preparing for our current reality, but also for what we feel God is wanting to do down the road. And then even creating a larger space for our student ministries, knowing that just in a couple months, we really feel God is going to um, bless us with some new people who are curious about Jesus at this location. Um, and then just creating some spaces where community can happen. So what happens on the service on Sunday mornings in that one hour time frame is such a small percentage of what we do as a church, where we come and we worship and we sing and we hear a message that challenges and encourages and equips. And we also want this location to be a place where community and relationships can form. So doing some improvements around the campus so that there are spaces that intentionally create community where people want to be together. They feel like they can stick around and they don't feel rushed out. Um, so really leveraging the campus, creating intentional spaces for what God is doing now and what we feel God is going to be doing down the road. That's great. Nice. I got a question for each of you, then we'll wrap up. Uh, Phil ask you first, and then Josh, you can pick up the pieces after that. Mm. Um, pick up the pieces. Perfect. Amazing. I'll pick yeah. up your pieces. Thanks Thank you so much. Uh, hey, can I give you a preacher line next time you talk about spaces? Absolutely. Uh, I was just thinking, not to just totally hijack what you were oh, about please. to do, Mark. Uh, I think as you were talking, I was I was thinking about the idea that every space makes a statement, like it does, whether you yep. want it to or not. So to ask the question, what are the statements that these spaces yep. are making, and then asking is it the statement we want, right? Because some spaces, like I can walk into spaces uh, and go, oh, this space is making the statement that this is where you put things when you don't know where else they go, right? Yep. And there are some spaces throughout the vast cavernous basement of the D building that we're in right now here at Menlo Church that the statement they make is this is where you put things when you don't know where they should go. Yep. Mm -hmm. um, but I think I, I hear you say, Josh, hey, we want our spaces to make the statement you are needed and known in this place. Yep. We want our spaces to make the statement, your kids matter to God and they matter to us. And so uh, anyway, I think that's a beautiful vision of how do, we, how do we care for people with the spaces that God has given us to do that. Uh, and I think that the work that you and the team are doing for the new Saratoga, I think people are going to be blown away, man. I'm really pumped about it. Thanks, so. man. Yeah, no, I really like that. I'll start saying that instead of purpose. Yeah, yeah. And say, you know what I've always said? Just, just steal it. Just take it as your own. You're like, so. you know, for the last 40 years. Yeah, and I'm going to say, uh, you know, something that Josh Robertson always says, and then I'll say it just like that for you. And guys. everyone will be like, you know a different Josh Robertson, don't no you? Way. No way. No, no, no. It's all <laughs> yours. So. Well, I think we've both used language, or we've all used language around a new Saratoga. We've, we've talked about the perspective of before the pandemic and then coming back into our new reality. So Phil, can you, can you tell us why it's important for us not to try to push towards what we were and instead, where do you see Menlo going and why do you think this is a great first step in that direction? Yeah, I think that for every church in America, there are these concentric circles of, and this is not my paradigm, this is like a 
ministry thing, but there's sort of your core, then there's your committed, then there's the com- community, then there's the crowd. And I've been saying that for 40 years. The, the, <laughs> the vision of cultural Christianity assumes all of those circles. And so your core is really the ones that are like kind of in it and they're really doing it. Committed, they're probably serving, they're giving. And then you have, uh, you know, sort of the community of people that you go and like, oh, they show up sometimes. And then the crowd that maybe comes on Christmas and Easter or whatever. Basically, what most um, kind of practical church leaders would say is that everything but the core got blown up during COVID, like everybody else left. But what happened was that core became all of those circles. So some of the people that used to be your core, now you're committed. Some of those are now your community. Some of those are now the crowd. And I think being able to understand that and communicate, hey, there's some folks in the center of that circle. uh, And I think that um, Saratoga and San Jose have been good examples of this, where we have just asked and they have offered um, a level of self-sacrifice in this season that is not fair and not healthy. And I think my hope is that there's a, a really fun sense of reinforcements and sustainability that this shift offers and that there's some folks that didn't even know they needed this, but all of a sudden they get to be a part of a church that's caring for them too. And it's not just they are making it happen, uh, but that they're shouldering the load with other people and that they feel cared for, needed, and known, and loved, not just for what they're doing, but for who they are. Uh, and I think that extrapolates to every one of our campuses. I think on a on a, a bigger la- level, that that's true everywhere. Uh, I also think that um, this idea of uh, church a few years ago, like, hey, let's just have an excellent in-person gathering. Let's have an excellent world-class communicator. Let's have excellent physical environments, and people will just show up. That is done. That is that is not coming back. And so getting to a place where we understand as a community, that's going to happen through invitation, that's going to happen through relationships, that's going to happen through us endearing ourselves to our neighborhoods and communities where we serve so that even people who don't know uh, Menlo Church or maybe even believe like Menlo Church go, yeah, you know what, I don't think I believe like that church does, but I'm so glad that they're in our neighborhood and in our community. And I think the multi-site model of Menlo will let us do that way more effectively in neighborhoods and communities rather than just like kind of a big marketing blitz across the Bay Area. So uh, I think this was a trend that churches were headed in, like it needed to happen. I think COVID uh, did in two years what probably would have arguably taken 10 years to take place. And now we're on the other side of it. It's like we came out on a time machine and now we're uh, hopefully having good conversations about how to also accelerate the progress, serving our communities well equipping people who know Jesus to know him more fully in their lives and helping them to be equipped to invite people who don't yet to meet him at Menlo Church. And then Josh, as, as you're in the core of these circles and your staff's in the core, how can we be caring for you? How can we be praying for you? Uh, how can we be supporting you as this transition is literally happening in the next two weeks? Yeah, no, thanks for asking. Um, that's a really good question. I really appreciate it. Um, I think one, uh, I just want to celebrate kind of how our staff and our congregation is handling this. Like even just some of the responses of just the maturity and the wisdom and the grace of saying, 
hey, we have a lot of love for this building, but if our church family's going, we'll be there. Uh, it just kind of communicates a lot of what Phil was just saying. Like there's a relational, uh, a high level of relational equity that people are attached to and it's not a location. So I'm really proud of our Saratoga and our San Jose campuses and how they're responding to this um, with a lot of wisdom and maturity and grace and just understanding. I'd say the biggest prayer is um, I think just the permission to feel all the emotions. So even though I'm kind of at that point now where I'm really excited for the launch next week, some people are going to come and they're not going to be there yet. They're still going to be in grief. And there's going to be some people who come next week to our launch and they're purely excited and they're just like, we need to stop grieving. So I'd say the biggest prayer is this, that um, everyone would be able to process how they're feeling and at some point in time, they would be able to turn the corner and they would begin to get excited and hopeful for what God might be doing next. Because if we just continue to sit in grief, um, that's really, really hard. And I'm trying to say that in the most sensitive and loving way possible, there's, we need to grieve. But I, I think my big impossible prayer is, God, would you help both of our campuses process all the emotions and eventually get to the point where we are just excited and hopeful for what God might do next at this new campus, whatever that might be, if that's reaching Saratoga High School, if that's serving and loving our community, if that's whatever he has for us, that we would get to that point where we're super excited about it. Um, so just praying as our, as our mm -hmm. congregations process and grieve and, mm -hmm. and um, that our community would come excited to check out this new location that we would reach the, the Saratoga community in a way where they know that we're available if there's a need, that we can serve and love them. Um, I think there's just, that's just a big prayer that people would drive by our church and go, if I need help, if I, if, I need, if I need something, that's the first person I'm gonna call. Like I want that relationship with our community. That's great. And if you're listening to this and you, you need to process, you can text our team, 650-600-0402. That will reach me. Um, I'd I would love to walk through that process with you or connect you with Phil or Josh um, for further processing. And I'm going to commit to sending this out to our online prayer team as well. Josh, we'll be praying for you um, Thanks, and, and your teams. And then Phil will also be praying for you as you are the mouthpiece and all of this. So I'm sure that has been tough as well, but our thoughts and prayers are with you. And again, have a wonderful week, everyone. If you need, a, if you need anything, text our team and we'll see you hopefully at either this Sunday at San Jose or the prayer night at Saratoga on the 17th. Be there, vision, music, excitement, all the things and all the feelings. Sweet. Okay. Bye everybody. See you guys.